0: You're here in our presence, Father. But we thank you that we can worship. Father, we can worship you today. Now, Father, I just pray that you just fill us up with your spirit more and more in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Come on, and everybody said. Come on, clap your hands. We see the, 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 the Lord has The Lord is here our bodies, top of Holy Ghost body The Lord is here our bodies, top of Holy body the Lord has The Lord is our bodies, top of Holy Ghost body Dance, 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 the Lord is here our bodies, top of Holy Ghost body. How much should the Lord have? The Lord is here, thou madest. Time for Holy Ghost quality. The Lord is here, thou madest. Time for Holy Ghost quality. Put your hands together like this, come on. Push it out. The Lord is here, the body's time for Holy Ghost party. Dance, dance, dance. Dance, dance, dance. dance, 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 dance. Oh, the Lord is here, the body's time for Holy Ghost oh, party. If you know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you, come on and dance, 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 dance. If you know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you. The Lord's good oh, to on, you. If you know the Lord's been good to you, come on and dance, 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 yes. dance, yes. dance. If you know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good yes. to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you. It don't stop. And I want you guys to sing that today. But sing, I'm going to challenge you. Sing it from your heart. I just want you to praise God today. We're not coming here with the mindset that I can't pay my bills or such and such happened to me today. Or you know what? My family's going through these hard times. See, we understand that, but it's in your praise unto the Lord. It's in your declaration that, God, my circumstances now, what I'm walking by faith. And God, right now, in this moment, I'm going to worship you. God, it may be hard, but I'm gonna lift up my hands. I'm just gonna say, God, I'm gonna have a party. God, I'm just gonna worship you. Come on, me sing it today. Ain't no party. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Oh, Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop ain't no party like a holy ghost party cuz yeah. no like a holy ghost party, cause the holy ghost party don't stop no, ain't, ain't no party like a holy ghost party cuz the holy ghost party don't stop yeah. Yeah. ain't no party like, hey. like a holy ghost party cuz the holy ghost party don't stop yeah. ain't no party like oh, a holy ghost party cuz a holy ghost party don't stop ain't no party like a holy ghost party like a holy ghost party don't stop no. The no party like a holy ghost, party because the holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a holy ghost, play because the
1: holy ghost mighty don't stop. Ain't no point like a holy ghost, press
2: In the house good of God, put you. your hands together like this. If you know the Sing this part. Good Lord, we, know to good good you. But we know that you. You've been good we know that You've been good you.
0: Come on and,
2: and dance, 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 All over the church saying, if, if, you know
0: so so if you know the Lord's been good to we, you know we know that You've been
1: good. we know You've been good to Come on, let joy for your praise right now. Come on and dance,
2: dance. One more time, say if, if you. you know, you you know say if
0: know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you, come on and dance, dance, dance.
2: Ain't
0: no party like a Holy Ghost party, the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy
2: Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party, cause the Holy Ghost party don't stop. No pilot like, like a
0: Holy Ghost party. Holy Ghost party Shout out one more time saying, Ain't no pilot like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no pie like a Holy Ghost party
2: because the Holy Ghost party. Just a Trump say, Ain't no pie like a Holy Ghost party. Come on, throw up those hands in the air. Come on, wake up your neighbor right now and say to them, One more time saying, Ain't no pie like a Holy
0: Ghost party because the Holy Ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party because the Holy Ghost say, Don't stop.
2: You give us joy in your presence. You give us joy in your presence, God. Hallelujah. Right now, I just want to invite you to come up to the front of the altar. It doesn't mean anything special, but it's going to give you a chance to get away from your neighbor, maybe get away from your comfort zone right now. We're going to invite you up to the altar, man. If you're serious about getting alone with God and you want to know what this whole thing is about, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost is here in this place. And we want to break free from every religious thought that you thought you were going to come in here and experience. Man, I just break that religious spirit right now all over this place. Like we're going to stand here. We're going to sing some empty song to some God that we don't even see. No, that's a lie from the enemy right now. And I just lose freedom and liberty all over this place right now if you have doubts that's fine just raise your hands and say God I'm doubting but I'm believing right now God that you're here Jesus that you want to talk to me that you want to speak to me God I don't want some empty service this morning God I want you to touch my heart God come on if that's your heart this morning if you don't want to play games anymore if you want to experience the power and the, the liberty that comes with Jesus right now I want you to lift up those hands right now all over this place and just right now, you just cast your thoughts on Jesus right now. You just think about who he is. And not about what you want to experience. Not about that, what you think right now. It's just about who he is in this place. Holy Ghost, we welcome you to do what you want in this place, God. Just welcome the Holy Spirit in this room with me right now. Church, if you're believing it, that he's going to move right now, start declaring that in the atmosphere right now. Start saying, Jesus, you're in control. You're here, God. I believe you're moving, God. I believe that you're speaking, God. I believe that your light is shining in dark places. I believe that you're bringing faith, oh God, to those that doubt. In the name of Jesus, we break every weight right now in Jesus' name. We shake off every discouragement of this week. In the name of Jesus, oh God, we want to meet with you this morning. We want to meet with you this morning. Come on, if you got to get serious right now about the Lord, now's your time to get serious with him. Now's your time to get close to him. Jesus, because we know that you're good. We know that you're here. And you promise to come when we call upon you. Come on, you promise to come when we call upon you. Come on, somebody say just somebody just say the name of Jesus say Jesus come on somebody just say Jesus 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 we call upon the name of Jesus we call upon the name that's higher that's stronger than any other name right now if you got to say that name if you got to shout out that name I want you to shout out Jesus Come on, at that name, every knee's got to bow. At that name, every demon has to flee. I believe in that some of you are fighting in this room, that there are demons, that there are things that are trying to hold you down from being set free right now. And I want you to, when you say that name, believe that you are being set free right now in Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout, Jesus. Come on, somebody shout it again. Say, Jesus. We call upon the name of Jesus this morning, the powerful name of Jesus, the strong name of Jesus, not some fairy tale. We call upon the God of the heavens. We call upon the God of the earth. We call upon the savior of the world, Jesus, that has conquered death and the grave. Come on, somebody's gotta get faith this morning that you're calling upon a God named Jesus. Hallelujah. I get strength when I call upon the name of Jesus. I get faith when I call upon the name of Jesus. There's strength in that name. I want you to close your eyes with me and just say that one more time. Say, Jesus. Jesus. The strong name of Jesus. Jesus. Lord, your word says that your name is a strong tower. Just saying your name, God, is a place of refuge. Just saying the name of Jesus is a place where we feel empowered. Somebody needs to feel empowered this morning by saying the name of Jesus. Oh, I'm telling you, we do not serve a Peter Pan, some fairy tale. If you would open up your eyes and you would see that God is real this morning, then your praise would be different than what it is right now. Your praise would be different if you understood who that is, Jesus. Man, we started this service off really haphazardly. We have. Some of you have been giving your patty cake, hand clap to Jesus. But I know that there's a Holy Ghost party wanting to come down. How many of you guys ready to sing that song one more time? Hallelujah. Sing this song one more time, if you know. It's been good to you.
0: If you know the Lord's been good to you, if you know the Lord's been good to you, come on dance, dance. Come on, if
2: you believe that this morning, say it again. If you know the Lord's been good to you, for we believe if you know the lord good you, Lord, we believe the Lord's been good to you. We're gonna on, dance, 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 One more time, dance, say if you know, hey know the been Come on, raise those hands and say if it. If you know, know the Lord's law. been good to you. We know that you're good, God. You the been good to you. A holy ghost party, cause the holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a holy ghost party. Come on, with all you got this morning. Say ain't no party like a holy ghost party, cause the holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a holy ghost party. Come on, throw up your hands in the air and say it. Ain't no party like a holy ghost party, cause the holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a holy ghost party, cause holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a holy ghost party, cause the holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like a holy ghost party, cause the holy ghost party don't stop. Ain't no party like Come on, just one more time. Wave your hands in the air and say it. No party like a like Holy Ghost party. One more time, shout out, yeah! One more time, shout Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Holy Ghost party, don't stop. Say. Ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. God, this morning, shout out to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you give us joy in your presence, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. We love you in this place, God. We give you our heart completely, Jesus. Not just our song, God, but we give you our heart. What's on the inside, God, we give it to you, Jesus. This heart to offer this heart, oh God, completely to You. Come on, just say that again. What can I say? What can I say? What can we do, Lord? What can I do? Or oh, we offer You our heart this morning? yours God it belongs to you God I belong to you Jesus oh Lord my heart surrender to you Lord Jesus all I am is yours come on let's
3: sing that out all I am is yours all Just sing it today like it was your first time. All I am is yours. Oh, yes, God, all I am. It's all about you. It's all about you. You can have it all, Lord. My good times, my bad times, my ups, my downs, they're yours, God. If you can, would you just raise your hands as a sign of surrender and sing it out, all I am. Is yours.
1: All I
3: am
1: is yours.
3: Come on, just one more time. All I, am is yours. All I am
1: is
3: yours. Hallelujah! Right now, just in an attitude of prayer, with your hands raised, would you just surrender? Maybe three things in your life right now you're battling with—battling with your your finances, your family, your. Your past battling with what people think about you. Come on, just say, God, I surrender. I surrender financial trouble to you. All I have is yours. God, I surrender everything of who I am and what I worry about. I place it in your hands. I am yours. He is our heavenly father. Come on, just talk to him 30 more seconds. God is here. Press in with a simple heart, with a simple cry. Just, God, I need you. I surrender. I surrender. I believe in a God who does miracles. Oh, he still does the impossible, he makes it possible. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Yes, Lord. We've come to encourage you today. You can make it. You can live for God 100%. Yes, even if you stumble and fall, get back up. Live for Jesus. Surrender all to him. Yes, Jesus, We're going to prepare to take communion even just in this attitude of prayer. It's our habit and tradition. The first Sunday of every month to remember the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ and what He did for us. Today is a day that we can remember it, physically taste Him. We honor God in this place for what He did. Just in your mind's eye, would you just imagine, I know it's not Easter time, not a play or some something to show you to help you remember, but just use your imagination and an attitude of prayer and just begin to thank Him. As you think of the suffering that the Lord Jesus Christ went through on your behalf. Oh, it's unimaginable that not only, I mean, a good man may do that for good people, for his country, you know, in a patriotic set, but for Jesus God to come in the flesh and then to do it for his enemies, for sinners like us. We need God. We need His love. We need His mercy. We need to thank Him for that today. I'm going to ask my wife to come and just share with you why communion is so important to us.
4: Amen. The Bible teaches us that as we take communion, it is to remember the Lord Jesus Christ. When we partake of the, of the wafer, we remember His body that was beaten and bruised so that we could have healing, so the disease of sickness can be broken off of our lives, so that we could have hope in our sorrows, He was beaten, his body was torn, his skin was shredded to pieces. And the Bible says to remember, to remember that sacrifice, that great sacrifice that Jesus gave up his life for us on the cross. And the Bible continues to say that as we take part of the communion and we drink the grape juice, we remember the blood that was shed on that cross. His blood covers over our sin. He was separated by the Father so that we wouldn't have to be. We have full access to come to Jesus in our sin and to say, God, forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. And his blood covers over us. So we are made white like snow. He took it all upon him, the sacrifice that he made on that cross. He took all of the sins, all of the sorrows, all of the sicknesses of all of mankind for the whole human race upon himself on that cross so that we didn't have to bear the judgment of eternal damnation in a lake of fire. Jesus made it possible for us to go to heaven, to have communion with the Father. So let's remember that today as we take communion, we remember the body of Jesus. We remember the blood that he shed and the new life that he has given us. He has given us life and life abundantly on this earth, full of joy and peace and purpose. Jesus, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you, God, that you took our place on that cross. And we remember you. And we thank you that our sins are taken as far as the east is from the west. And you've given us redemption and deliverance from the bondage of sin. You've broken the chains in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.
3: Hallelujah. We're just going to ask that you would come from your seed and just receive the communion and go back to your seat and take it with your family or in an attitude of prayer by yourself so would you just follow the uh, Nancy and Berto they'll help you out
1: can I say, what can i do
3: that attitude of prayer we're going to sing a song about coming to the cross and as we do just come and receive it take it at your seat or kneeling at your chair by your altar with your family we just want this to be a special time jesus we want to come to the cross today let the lord speak to you as you receive it let it bring healing to your life and family God's blood is still powerful to wash every sin. Every sin is cleansed by His blood.
2: Through the cross I'm reconciled. Now through the cross I'm reconciled. We'll sing at the cross.
3: If you've received the communion, would you stand and just worship as we sing this song together? Just let me know that you're done by standing. Let's just worship. Come on, let's not get bored with the cross this morning. Let's just thank Him. I'm lost for words. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Holy. At the cross the cross. You you beckon me. You tell me to come to you. You draw me gently gently to my knees. I'm so lost. Let's sing that first verse again.
2: Come on, sing it together, saints.
3: Oh yes, it's such a beautiful gift. Have we been given?
2: Have I I been given?
3: given? Through Christ crucified. Through Christ
2: crucified.
3: He called me out of death. Think of who you were before you met Jesus. He He brought me into life. He brought me into life. life. I was under his wrath. That I was, was under your wrath,
1: but through the cross. Hallelujah. Now through the cross, hallelujah. Jesus. Yes.
3: Thank you, Lord. At the cross, oh, bring me to the cross, God. Me God. Me. Never let us forget about it, Jesus. God, it's me. more than a piece of jewelry. It's who we are, God. We're your loved ones. We're the ones you Draw died for.
1: Love you end. love us. Broken,
3: at the cross you. Oh, he calls us. Me. Thank you, God.
1: Draw me
3: oh, God. To my I thank you today for the cross. If it wasn't for you, God, we would be lost. You saw us in death. You saw us in our sin, and yet you loved us. God, we thank you for that today. Gracias, Señor. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing the glories of your name, O oh God. We'll never forget what you did for us. Let that be the motivation of our life when we feel weak, depressed, afraid, scared, that you loved us enough to die for us that our value is seen on that cross and we feel so insignificant when we feel like it's just not coming together the way we planned god we can look at that cross and see our value you valued us so much you gave your own life lord thank you for loving us even through our difficulties through our troubles and loving us god to give us a better life to bless our children Just right now, would you just pray for your family, even those that don't live in your house, just that God would bless them. God, pour out your spirit on our children. Let them know the cross. Parents, come on, ask God to make you great moms and dads with the power of the cross. God, make me a great dad. I can't do it without you, Lord. Oh, Lord, use my wife, God, to raise our children up with the understanding of the cross. Bless our families, God. We need you. If you know you need Jesus, can you say amen? Can you give him a hand clap of praise too? Come on, Gloria a Dios. Slap your neighbor high five and say, La Cruz. La Cruz, the power of the cross. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. How many know the cross is more than a piece of jewelry you wear around your neck? never forget that cross, man, what Jesus did for you and I. I am so glad you're here. Can you just look at your neighbor and say, he's so glad you're here. Amen. Even on Labor Day weekend, they say people take vacations from church. Y'all showed up. I am so excited you're here. I'm doing something different this month. I want to fall in love with Jesus in the fall. So we're going to do our announcements and offering at the end. I just really want to Stay in the spirit of God. I'm going to let the band be seated, but Rachel's going to stay up. I'm just so excited about what God is doing. You all prayed for me and, and blessed me to go on a vacation so my wife and I could get some rest. Uh, she stayed at home and got rest for me, and I went out to the Bahamas. Praise the Lord. I know that's not fair, but uh, she she had a good time at home. And I fished on top of a pier. Not excuse me, Not a pier. I fished on a reef that came out the water. And I slipped on that reef, and this is what happened. And then I fished on a pier that had the planks kind of falling apart, and it was like you would see in the movies. I stepped on the plank, the thing flies up in the air. I'm falling through into the ground, and what spared me was these massive thighs right here. So praise God for that. But now what I have right here is a football size bruise for me going against that thing, and Praise God the fi- the family emblems, whatever are still okay if you're wondering, but uh, it's just it was whoop, it was one of those situations and uh praise God, I won't talk about that anymore it's just scary thinking about it but I'm back from that vacation it was so dangerous you're like, what were you doing I was fishing? I was fishing, so I guess fishing in the Bahamas comes with a risk, amen? And so when you think about me, uh, now that you've prayed that I had a vacation, can you pray that I recover from my vacation, amen? Can you pray that my wounds heal? Uh, Thank you, though, for praying. And uh, my wife and I just want to just thank you guys for being just so good to us to allow us to do what we do. But open up your Bibles with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 7, or uh, rather chapter 10, Verse 24, I want to speak to you today about spurring one another on. No notes today, no screen PowerPoint on the back of your announcements. You have notes to take. And, uh, you know, the benefit of coming to the second service is we already know what we've done from the first. And I do want to keep you guys on the same page but I really just want God to move in this time. I know so many times we get traditions. You know, we started off as a non-traditional church, but guess what happens when you're non-traditional and you make your own traditions, those become traditions. And so now you expect when you come in for there to be coffee out there for this to be going on in here. I mean, before it was like, wow, this is church. This is cool. You know, but then it becomes like same old, same old. They're going to make me clap my hands. They're going to make me jump, you know, where before that was radical, you know what I'm saying? And then now it's like, you get a little used to it and the same things right now what am i supposed to do the announcements and then there's a powerpoint and then you fill in the the notes so we're going to change it up and one of the reasons why i want to do that is because i think that so many of us who call this their church including myself can get in that system that habit and we forget why we're really here so i just want you guys to fall in love with jesus in the fall this is a great time to start off your relationship with god to rededicate if you already know the lord to go deeper with god And this is is just going to share with you my heart and what I feel is going on. I got this this morning in worship. Uh, Starting in chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Everybody say, spur Amen. You're going to learn about that today. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Somebody say spur. Spur. Thank you. As I was on the vacation just praying, seeking God, I really heard this in my spirit. I'm teaching out of the Hebrews class in Bible college right now. And I'm really loving the book of Hebrews. And as I was reading this, I just felt like, man, I should probably talk about this. And then today in worship, God was like, encourage people with this scripture. Well, the first thing that you see right here, I'm going to ask Andrew to put it up again. He found a good one on Google, is where this word comes from, spur, is where we get the idea of cowboy boots and those pieces of metal right there. How many know what a cowboy boot and a spur looks like? Y'all, y'all got it? Okay. Some of you might be cowboys or come from places where there are cowboys, you know. And what's, what's cool about these spurs right here is that gets the horse going. So if a cowboy sits on the horse, he doesn't just go, come on, giddy up. No, he goes, giddy up. Yeah. Everybody go. Yeah. Come on. Just do the sound. If you can't do the leg, everybody go. Yeah. Thank you. So he goes, yeah. And then he kicks it with that piece of metal. And how many know at that moment, the horse is not saying, oh, that feels good. Oh, that feels great. Do it again, please. No, that horse, you know, it starts going. Now look back at your Bible. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. You're going to get spurred today. You're going to get spurred today. Now, I want you to know there's some good things that you're going to have in church when you come to a church like Metro Praise. You're going to get people to love you. You're going to get people to encourage you. And you know the way I look at encouragement? Just look at the word encourage. Courage, then in in being entering, somebody's like they're, they're, they're kind of cowardly or they're afraid or they're shy or they're down or they're, you know, they're fearful. And then somebody who has courage kind of like injects it into them. Yeah, you can make it. Come on, step up and fight. That's awesome in church. And what I call that is like spiritual massages. How many like massages? Have you ever had one before? Okay, you're about ready to get one right now. Let's all stand up together. Everybody stand up. Come on, you're going to get one right now. And just wave your hands in the air and go, spirit fingers, jazz hands, come. Now go to this direction and grab a hold of somebody's shoulder and just massage their shoulder right now. It's okay. Come on, you guys on this side, it's a little harder. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Come on, doesn't that feel good? Don't worry, if you're on the end, you're going to give it back right now. Now everybody go towards me and go, jazz hands, Spirit fingers, come. Now turn the other direction. Ah, there you go. There you go. Give somebody a massage. Doesn't that feel good? Just a little bit longer. Come on, some of y'all enjoying it too much. Okay, you may be seated. See, doesn't that feel good? There are times in church where you just get a spiritual back rub, Sometimes, you know, you just need the you know, guy with guy, but girl, you know, just a little tush, you know, slap just a little, you know, you can make it. Come on. And, and we want that, you know, and that's what we all want that I need that you need that. just to come on and go get them, you know, just a little massage a little, you know, pick me up. But that's not what it talks about right here. That's not it's talking. It's not saying, let us consider how we may massage and just, you know, encourage or just say nice things. As a matter of fact, the word spur that's used here in the Greek is only used one time in the positive. All the other times it's used in the negative, meaning somebody is getting on your nerves, agitating you. And the commentaries actually look at this Greek, and they say, this writer is actually using that concept, because they had it back then, using that concept to put it in people's mind, this is not going to feel good. This is not going to be one of those times where I walk away saying, I feel good. Being spurred is going to agitate. And the author is purposely using a word that's normally meant to agitate, to annoy, to prick, to disturb from comfort as a positive thing. And why is it? Because you continue reading. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. So often in our life, we become like that pony at the carnival, that just, you know, and we put our kids on it, you know, oh, you know, get on the pony, and we just want to go through Christianity like that, don't we, I'm just coming to church on Sunday, I'm just going to raise my hand, You know, until the worship leader, what does she do? Yeah, yeah, we're going to sing the song. You don't think I listen to it better? Come on. She's like, we're going to sing the song again. Yeah. How many felt the yeah of the spirit today from our beautiful worship leader? Amen. And then all of a sudden, you hear a preacher. He's preaching. Yeah. You see, because God knows, the writer of Hebrews is inspired by God. It's telling us that we always seek the path of least resistance. We seek comfort, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's a part of this that's going to get a little bit easier, but this part we got to accept, and that is serving God is not always going to be easy street. The Bible says that Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you shall find rest. For my yoke is easy, my load is light. God says that, you know, he's going to pick up our burdens, and he's going to help us through life. He's going to do that. Yes, life can be easy when we go with God as opposed to not having God on our team. That's, to me, a good thing. Can you say amen? But in the Christian walk, there's a participation. It's a divine participation. God is moving in your life according to what you allow him to do in your life. He is not coming to take you over and to force you to do things. So there's actually a discipline that the Christian has to have so that they can grow and become who God wants. God wants them to be. And, and I look at Berto back there. He's a trainer. And uh, I think Guadalupe came to the church as a result. Let's give it up for some Holy Ghost witnessing on the job. Amen. So as Berto is training, if I said, hey guys, let's go train with Berto for an hour in the natural, in the flesh, you're not gonna go yippee. You know? And most trainers will bring you right to that point where you think you can't go any further, and they'll say, Give me one more. Give me two more. Keep your form. Give me, you know, give me a few more. And trainers are spurring us on. And if we complain while we're getting physically trained, they'll say, No pain, no again. You all have heard it before. Come on. And what The writer here is reminding us that Christianity is not always easy. We have a Bible with 66 books. Some of us haven't read it all. Somebody needs to spur you on to read it. You may be putting other things before your Bible reading right now, and you need to be spurred on praying doesn't always come easy so many times if you look at your mind and your thoughts and you analyze yourself you'll have about fifty thousand thoughts on an average day and most of those thoughts will be negative and worry-filled thoughts and they will come so natural to you but if you set an egg timer for 15 minutes and all you're going to do is speak the word of god and pray you'll see how difficult that becomes how many have ever tried to do that before to pray for 15 minutes without worrying or complaining See, sometimes people call prayer uh, worry and worry and prayer, but it's not the same thing. Saying, dear God, I don't know what to do. My life's falling apart. Help!" That's not necessarily a good prayer life. Are you listening to me? Prayer is like the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He lay me down by steel patch. God, I believe even though I'm afraid you're going to help me, though I walk through the valley. See, the valley of shell death, you're with me. See, prayer is confessing God's word with with the spirit of faith and hope. But yet look at yourself. Look at your mind. 50,000 thoughts a day. You're racing thoughts right now. You're thinking about how I'm talking about how you're thinking. And you're wondering, you know, like how much more I can keep talking about thinking while you're thinking, how much you can keep thinking about thinking. And you're trying to count how many. Some of you are trying to count how many thoughts you're thinking right now while I'm talking about you thinking. And you're thinking probably on average about two to three thoughts per second because that's how fast you can think. You can outthink and outactivate your brain than the highest uh, computer, uh, fastest computer right now. So you're thinking about, while well, I'm thinking about you thinking. And, and right now you're thinking, I need to change the way I think. But it's not easy, is it? You have to be disciplined. And so you've got to spur yourself on. The Bible actually says to be transformed in your mind. Because out of those 50,000 thoughts, most of them are negative. You have to make yourself think about something different. I look at this church, and my wife and I started it in our house. And I think about all the beautiful people that are here today and how excited that I am that you're here. And I just wonder to myself, is there anybody here that needs to be spurred on today? Because that's the word that I heard. That maybe you're you're in the pony part of the carnival and God said, yeah, that was cool for you to start there. But I have a better place for you to be now. But you're saying, "God, I feel comfortable just going around the circle and the little baby just being on my my back and I got the little decorations, you know what I'm saying, flamboyant, you know what I'm saying, like little decorations." And you're just and you're just saying, "God, I'm just totally cool right here." And then all of a sudden your pastor kind of unleashes you from the little thing you've been walking around. He goes, "Let's go. Let's go evangelize. Let's go preach. Let's go to a life group." No and i'm like yes let's go yeah you know what i'm saying and you're like don't do that that hurts and i'm like i know it hurts but get going yeah and, you know and that kid starts happening but then all of a sudden you break loose and you start galloping and that's what we call spiritual growth and it's not supposed to just happen by the pastor the pastor's not the only one that's wearing the cowboy boots your brothers and sisters are to do it. Because the scripture says, let us consider how we may spur one another on. And what are we spur each other on towards? Love and good deeds. Everybody say love. How many know love is not always easy? How many know loving your neighbor in traffic doesn't come easy? How many know loving your coworker, your boss doesn't come easy? Loving in-laws is not easy. Maybe you're going to see some of them tomorrow. And you're just going, Oh, come on, I gotta love her. Jesus, I mean, you just got to spur yourself on to love somebody. It's not always easy. But you're spurred on by the word of God, by a good church, by your friends to love one another. And then how about this? Good deeds. When you look at your life and you think about the things that are good versus bad, what usually comes easiest? It's usually bad things that come easiest, right? Think about the good deed of giving your tithe and helping out the local church. Let's just make this a little clear clear for everybody to get it. Is it easier to give away your 10% or is it easier to take your 10% and do with it what you want? What's easier? Yeah, (laughs) I'm preaching right now, aren't I? Yeah, see, it's easier to spend our money, to keep our money. But yet God says, give it, break that heart of greed. How about the good deed of going out to a life group or being a part of the church and its activities. Is it easier to do that or to go see a movie? We can go see a movie at the drop of a hat. The, nobody here could have planned to have seen a movie today, but all of a sudden somebody after church could be like, Man, I want to see this movie. You want to see a movie? Yeah, let's do it. We could we could plan to all go see a movie right now. Nobody was planning on do it. We'll pay the money. We'll get each other's car. I've been a part of this so many times with my friends, and yet a life group, we can tell you weeks in advance, it's Sunday. Yeah, it's gonna be Sunday. Sunday at seven, Sunday at seven right here. And it's free. It's gonna be Sunday at seven right here. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shucks, it's Sunday. Oh, I'm so busy, I don't know what to do. But yeah. If we said movie, we're like, we all make it happen. Are you all tracking with me right now? What we see happening though is when people get spurred, the writer says that they begin to leave church. Because in verse 25 it says, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. So let's go back to that illustration. Yeah, hey, oh, let's. Let's go do something radical for Jesus. Let's go to life groups. Let's go help the west side. Yeah. Let's go to Boricua Fest. Let's touch people's lives. Yeah. Let's do a family. Yeah. Yeah. Stop kicking me. I'm going to go back to the, the carnival. I'm going to go back to walking in circles again. And the Bible says people get in the habit of doing that. As the end times are approaching, we should then encourage each other. Not to do that. Do you know that right now, you look at Matthew 24, not today's message, but do you know that right now there are more end-time prophecies being fulfilled in your life than in any generation that has ever lived? More than the time of the early apostles, more than the times of Martin Luther and the Reformers. You're living in a time with your own eyes on your TV. As a matter of fact, your TV is a fulfilled prophecy right there in your, your home. The Bible said in the book of Revelations that two witnesses come from heaven. They preach. They shut up the heavens. It cannot rain. The people hate them. They, they then kill them. And the Bible says that the whole world sees their bodies, rejoices, calls it a holiday, and exchanges gifts. People 2,000 years ago, when that was written by John, could not understand how somebody could die in this place and everybody else see it in another place unless they were there. Come on, somebody say Satellite. The Bible talked about satellite television. Every nation can see them. Do you know that when I go to India, I see satellites on top of huts? The Bible prophesied that 2,000 years ago would happen in the last days. Do you know what the Bible prophesied? That they will receive a mark of the beast either on their forehand or on their forehead that they cannot buy or sell in the end times unless they get this mark, which is an allegiance uh, to Satan and the Antichrist, to the one world government. And in the Bible times, it's an agricultural society. How can you stop somebody from eating? How can you stop somebody from trading, right? I mean, you you live in Bible times. You can just go out to another village. We live now in a cashless society where all the slaughterhouses, all the farming, everything is being done by mega corporations. You don't carry much currency with you anymore. If they wanted to lock up the storehouses for food and do it by this, they could do it right now. But that's not the most impressive thing. The most impressive thing is that identity chips have already been made and where they place the identity chip is on the part of your body that has the least amount of skin so that the scanner can go right to it and that is your forehand least amount of skin and your forehead that's where they're placing these chips right now that have your credit card information your identity and that's what the bible said the end times are approaching then you go to matthew 24 he said antichrist would be arri- arriving with false prophecies do you know that right now we have more people claiming to be jesus than ever before there's the jesus of puerto rico that lives in mexico he gets his followers to put 666 on their arms He says he's Jesus. There is right now a man named Apollo Quibloy who's in the Philippines that claims to be Jesus, has over 100,000 followers. They come to the service, not close their eyes and worship God in heaven. They worship the man sitting right in front of them, write songs to him. More Antichrist than ever before. How about earthquakes? Isn't that pretty obvious? Bible said there'd be more earthquakes. You're seeing that all over the place. Then the Bible says diseases. Right now, you know the epidemics of AIDS and of these uh, diseases in, in third world countries. Right now, more than ever before. You would think with modern medicine we could stop it, but we can't. Famines, a third of the world starving. And then the Bible prophesied nation would rise up against nation in these end times. Haven't you been seeing nation civil war unrest in these nations more than ever before in Egypt, in Libya, in these other places like Iran? Do you know why? Because in their spirit, they know something's not right and they want to be liberated. But Jesus said that would be a sign of the end times when you see the nations within themselves fight each other. More than ever before, not just a few, many are happening at the same time. Why am I saying this to you? Because it says, let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. Everybody say encourage. Thank you all the more as you see the day approaching. See, there's a sense of spurring to love and good deeds, and then there's a sense of encouraging. If you ever hang around people who get on horses, I believe we learned their name was Asquarian, Equestrian. Thank you in the first service, so I still need to remember. Let's all say it together. One, two, three, Equestrian. Let's say it again. One, two, three, Equestrian. Those are people who love horses. If you and I got on a horse and we had on those those cowboy boots and they said, man, you're not going to trot. You're going to gallop. Are you all ready? You know, we sat on it like this. They would say, go and spur it. And you and I who have not done it before would probably be like, "Uh, uh." you know, why? Because number one, we don't want, you know, we don't want to fall off this thing. And number two, what are we thinking we're going to do? We think we're going to hurt the the animal, right? Man, I don't want to hurt the animal. But you know, cowboys and people who love animals, love their horses, they spur them the hardest. You know why? Because they know that's what it takes to make that horse go, and it's good for it. It's not abuse. It's not abusing the animal. It's encouraging it to go and having it to be the best. But you know what then happens? After the spurring, if you get around those equestrian people, and I've known some, they are the most fanatical animal loving people you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, they, some of them have spent upwards of $20,000 on a horse. I mean, they will brush the mane every day, two and three times a day. They'll spend hundreds of dollars on shampooing and cleaning the animal. They'll then get the right horseshoe on there. And if it gets injured, or even if just after it gets done running, they'll get the horse massager, not the horse whisperer, but the horse massager to rub down this thing with oil and to massage it. They love their horse. What am I trying to say here? The person who loves you spurs you because they're also there to encourage you. When you come to a church like this and you hear last week's message, which was tight and right, amen, and you come back today, we know you love MetroPraise and consider this your church. So we want to tell you, we're going to spur you. We're going to help you get agitated a little bit, feel uncomfortable, even prick you, so you will do good things. But... We're also going to encourage you. We're going to come and give those spiritual back rubs. Because if you fall, we don't want you to give up and and get injured. You know what they do to injured horses, right? You know what I'm saying? Come on, they do. They shoot an injured horse. That's what they do on the farm, shooting. We don't want you to get injured. We're no shooting. The illustration stops there, okay? But we want you to stay healthy. We want you to be blessed. And we want you to say, when I come to this church, they spur me. They don't let me just go, you know, round and round in circles. They expect me to do great things for God. And as they are spurring me, they're also encouraging me. When I get something stuck in my horseshoe, they take time to fix it and make it right. They brush my mane. They make me look beautiful. They help me achieve the things that God wants me to do. Now I want you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. Because now here are the things that we're going to spur you on to do. And as you're turning there, if you want to be spurred, can somebody say, spur me, Pastor. Come on, I want to make sure I hear everybody say it. Okay, one, two, three. Yeah, oh, come on. out. Let's do it. Oh, praise God. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47. You know what we're going to spur you on to do? These are the good works, the good deeds. Here they are. We're going to spur you on to what they did. Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47 is what the early apostles did. And the Bible says this is our example to us. So what they did 2,000 years ago, we should do today. Amen? Here it is, Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Daily, those who are being saved, Andrew, you put up that website for us, please. When my wife and I started this church, it was a very simple principle. We know that many of you that church has to fit into a certain compartment of your life, and that we know you can 't show up every day you you can 't be here seven days a week, so my wife and I you know we live in America, other countries may be able to do this, but in America, we began to pray and say. What schedule, what type of life would a type A Metro appraiser look like? What would we offer them, you know, because they have a lot of churches to choose from. What would Metro Praise offer somebody that says, I would like to be a part of that church? And we began to think to ourselves, when we grew up, this is how we went to church. I'm not that old, 34, so you're talking, you know, 30 years in church that I can be coherent of, you know, around four or five, I understood who I was, you know what I'm saying? Those are the memories that I have. So about 30 years in church, you know how we went to church growing up? You go to church on Sunday. If they had a Sunday night, you went Sunday night and then you went Wednesday to the midweek service. If they didn't have a midweek service or if they didn't have a Sunday night, usually one or the other, they would have a Bible study. And in my church that my parents went to had a Bible study. So we would go to church Sunday morning, not Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday, and then there was a Bible study that met in my parents' house. You all tracking with me? So like three days. Everybody say three days. So we began to say, what can we do in three days? If somebody said, you know, no matter what, people want to come on Sunday. That's going to be the day. What two other evenings, two other participations could we give them to do throughout the week to encourage them, to enable them to grow? And this is where I went. I went to this passage of Scripture, and I found ten things in the passage we just read. It's written on our board. It's the tenfold ministry of our church. And these are the things that you can do in just Sunday And two other times. So just giving your heart to God, just like our culture has made it possible to do. Some of you may work too much. I get it. But most of you understand what I'm saying by this. If you just reasonably said, I'm going to come to church Sunday, and I'm going to have two evenings or two opportunities in the week to give to this church, you could do these ten things every single week. Yeah. But I don't want to do those things. Yeah. But I just want to say, yeah, come on. Well, I'm going to leave then. Well, some are in the habit of doing that. As we see the times approaching, some are in the habit of just, I've had enough. Okay. You can go down that lonely trail by yourself if you want to. Amen. And it's something because normally when that happens, that person normally want to take somebody else with them. Well, I've been being spurred too much. Well, so have I. You want to talk about it? Yeah, let's talk about it together as we leave. Okay, we'll show them.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: Come on, somebody. That's what they want to do. So if anybody's ever leaving, they're all battered and bruised, you just say, you go walk by yourself, honey. You go walk by yourself, brother, because I'm staying right here. Amen? You stay in the corral, amen, where the feeding is good. So I want you to see these 10 things and know from my heart, we're not legalistic. We're not trying to tell you, okay, you got to do 10 things to go to heaven. If you don't, you're going to go to hell. What we're wanting you to know is that if this is your church, if this is what you're calling is your place of fellowship, first of all, let me tell you what these two Greek words mean, what we are saying when we say church. Church is the Greek word ekklesia, and it means called out ones plural it's a plural word it is not one you don't have a one person team okay there's not like a one person baseball team there's not a one person football team can you all say amen when we say church it's a plural group of people so jesus came to build us as a community together and the second word fellowship which you hear here and it's also noted to be another word for church is the word koinonia everybody say koinonia And how many know you can't have fellowship with yourself unless you're crazy? Okay? So you can talk to yourself, but you can't have fellowship with yourself. You know, like shake your own hand and have a dialogue. If you're doing that by yourself, we'll pray for you at the altar. Amen? We'll help you stop fellowshipping by yourself. Okay? These things that we're about ready to hear are not things that we should be forced to do. It doesn't say whip and beat and drag the stubborn mule down the road. No, it just says spur. So if there's, you know, if there's something in your heart, when you get spurred, you're like, ah, I'm getting spurred. Stop it. You know, if that's what you feel, something's wrong. Or if like, you know, we do this and, and you get so hurt, you might have a bruise from another church because you've been spurred the wrong way. You know, maybe they hurt you. But if you're a healthy Christian, somebody going, yeah it should get you to go. Amen. Are y'all tracking with me? This is just what God told me this morning. I'm I'm just being obedient to it. Here are 10 things. I went through this, my wife and I, when we started the church and we said, you know, people go to church, people love Jesus. That's the first step. What are we going to do to encourage them? What are we going to do to spur them to? And let me also say this. Some of us think that here, this building is the end. Like, you made it to church. Praise God. You may hold on to the, you know, hold on to the pole until you get to heaven. You made it. My friend, this is not the end. This is the beginning. So once you show up here, you got a Bible in your hand. You're like raising your singing song. That is the beginning. And I know it took a long ways for some of you to get to this point. But trust me when I tell you it gets better from here. Amen. The idea is, and let's just see how many people we can gather up in the building, and we're going to hold on to heaven, okay? And this is the way it's going to be. No, we're going to change the world. This is not the end. It's the beginning. Somebody say the beginning. Bam. Thank you. Here we go. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. And I went through this, and it's on the website. Brother, would you show them the passage so they can look at it as well? It's right there in great, maybe a little bit hard. But I started going through these, and I said, okay, how can we do this? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Well... We can have discipleship and have a Bible college. Discipleship is for every believer to get trained under the apostles' teaching. So how do the apostles' teachings get passed down from one to the next, to the next, generation after generation? So when you come here and say, I want this to be my church, we're going to spur you on to be discipled. If you're saying, Pastor, I don't need to be discipled. I don't, I don't need the apostles' teaching. There's a problem there because discipleship is a part of the church that's a good deed and so what we do here is we have this class that we do through our life group which we'll get into in just a moment a home bible study that you can do on the same day so when you show up to your life group you can come a little bit earlier and they can take you through the lesson or you can stay a little bit later is everybody tracking with me and and once again is this the one that paul the apostle wrote no We do know about the ones of the early church fathers. It was called the Didache. It it became what we know as catechisms later on. But these are very similar to what they did. They had a process of teaching the, the, the apostles' doctrine. First of all, just to give you an understanding, we do everything with writing, computers. Everything they had to do was from memory. They couldn't have uh, materials. They couldn't own them because of finances. And then they, they, the, most of them couldn't read or write. So everything that they heard, they had to memorize. Most people's memory back then was so sharp that they could remember their entire genealogy for 12, 13 generations. They could remember entire passages of the Bible. Average people. Just think about yourself. How many phone numbers did you memorize 10 years ago before cell phones? You knew your brother's cell phone number. You knew your friend's cell phone. I can still tell you my best friend, 485-1480. Go call it, area code 260, see if he answers. Tim Barron, I love you. I can tell you my favorite friend's phone number. I don't even know my wife's phone number. I don't even know my wife's phone number. I'm not even trying to make the illustration. I promise you, I don't know it. Because we get so used to, you see what I'm saying? We, we lose that. Well, back then, the apostles' doctrine was, Pastor, teach me. I'm going to memorize this. They could remember entire passages. That's what we try to do. Then when you graduate that class, we send you in 201. Everybody say discipleship. Yeah, we want to spur you on to do that. Now, if you're saying to me, Pastor, don't spur me. Don't touch me. I don't want to be discipled. Metro Praise probably is not the church for you. Because that's not, we're not going to change that. Amen? Well, you know what, guys, elders, we have so many don't want to be disciple. You want to just take out the vision? Okay, we're going to do connect, mentor, and sit on your fanny, okay? So here's the choice. Connect, mentor, set, sit on your fanny. Okay, you pick one of those. No, we're not changing. There's not sit on your fanny uh, option in the vision. Are you listening? I might get offended, Pastor. We want you to get offended. Remember, that's why I'm spurring you. I'm doing my job. Praise God. You have a good pastor because then I come in and encourage. See, all we want is sometimes jazz hands, spirit fingers, massage. We don't want the spur, but that's what we're here to do. Now, the next thing is Bible college, and what's so cool about technology today is we can have one of the greatest Bible colleges in the nation with some of the best professors teaching out of Oakland, California, and around the nation be live webcasted here in real time with our Bible college, and students can get FAFSA grants and loans and transferring credits from all junior colleges and colleges around the nation. This is awesome. And so what do we do? Like we're discipling. And if somebody's in the discipleship process and they look at that like an appetizer, there's like, okay, what's next? I just want to live for Jesus. I want to change the world. Chances are they got a calling on their life. Then we sit down and pray with them. Hey, are you called to ministry? Do you you want to do this? Yeah. Okay. Well, in the time of Jesus, you would sell everything you have and follow him for three years and, and live on the rocks and the hills and wherever he went. But here's another way for you to do it. you got to live off ramen noodles, take out student loans, and, and work at Starbucks. Can you do it? Yeah, I'll do it. And that's a college student. Amen. And when a college student, SUM student says, well, I don't want to do this, Pastor. I want, I want to go back to the carnival. You feed me a little apple, and I just get the little frills. No, yeah, yeah, come on, SUM students. Is there any SUM student that's been spurred here before? Yeah, because we know that God has a calling on your life. You go on down into fellowship. Well, we've already talked about that. If you have more friends real deep relationships outside of this church than you do in this church, you're doing something wrong. Now don't get offended in the wrong ways. I want to storm out and leave. No, look at your life and ask yourself why. I'm not trying to take you from your family. like This is some type of a mind called. I'm just telling you, if you're saying my friends, my identity, my life is outside of here, then you're not giving your best to us here. It's not like Paul was like, Okay, Peter, I'm done chilling with you. I'm going to go hang out with Caesar now. <laughs> we're going to the palace. You know, it's not like the Christians were like, You know, I'm hanging with you on Sunday. You're my church friend. But I'd be hanging out with Barabbas on Friday, man. There ain't no hanging out with Barabbas on Friday. Some of y'all know who Barabbas was. He's the little thief that got released of uh, the crucifixion. Look at your neighbor and say, Don't hang out with Barabbas. He ain't got nothing good for you. So, you know like like I was saying before, you know we make all these plans to do th- but we don't plan the things that are important now some people at this point they get you know they get a little uncomfortable with this they're saying, "Well, what are you trying to do pastor and you know we, you know you, you don't like us going to other churches let me explain this to you about going to other churches and what I'm trying to say when I go to my friend's house and we have friends here I have friends this is my friend here and Ricky when I go over there and I say hey i didn't eat today do you have anything that i can eat you know sure we got some food go ahead you know you go ahead and eat something if i started showing up every day saying i don't have something to eat y'all got something to eat how many know eventually they're going to lock the door amen and then when they see me coming they're gonna be like shh pastor's coming I remember, I remember I had a friend growing up, and when I first came over, you know, she was so nice. She was like, uh, you know, because he lived with his parents, and I remember, the, you know, she said to me, she said, my house is your house. Here's the refrigerator. Here's where I keep the cups. Here's everything. Literally a week later, I ate her out of house and home. She came to me. She said, now you listen here. You only get one glass of milk a week when you come over here. You can't touch this drawer anymore, and don't ever go there. you just have the little snackies I put here? Like they called it, literally, they called them Joe snacks. They would put out little gel snacks for me, my one little glass of milk, and that's all I could have. Okay? When If, if Metro Praise is not the place where you're getting fed and growing and you want to kind of hop to another church and get fed there and hop there, we're saying to you, just go to that church. Make that your house. Are you all tracking with me? Go Go there then. We'll be the first ones to say you, Sayonara. God bless. Mwah, holy kiss. Sprinkle the water on you. We'll give you whatever religious feeling you want to have as you're leaving. Amen. And then we'll get ten more in your place and keep on trucking. Amen. Chee chew. The gospel train gonna keep going. But our point behind that isn't to say there's bad church. No, what bad churches out there. No, what we're trying to say is that's a good church, and we're asking those people to stay there. I'm the first one to say to them. Sometimes people come to us from other churches, and they say, you know, I'm leaving here. We actually send them back many times because maybe something went wrong. There was, you know, bad things going on. But they'll actually go back and be healthy. And then the ones that really want to come here make this their church as they're going to the discipleship, we really make sure, like, are you, are you sure God, God, you know, God in heaven, did he tell you to be here? Yes, he told me. Do you feel like you're growing here? You're part of the family? Yeah. Well, then open up your life and let's go. If you're shy, that's fine. But I mean, We're not in a hurry. We're not trying to bombard you. What we're just saying is, can we fellowship with you? Okay, if like you're not like giving life group leaders your phone number, you got call block for mine, like pastor, like you got like some siren that goes off when I go, you know, some siren. We're not, we're not, we're not shipping with the fellow anymore. Okay. And when I hear people say to me that, that I don't have enough friends at Metro praise, I then go back to the biblical principle. And it says, he who show he wants friends must show himself friendly. Can I spur you on to be the friend that you think maybe you're not getting here? Which, by the way, I hear that very seldom. Most of the time, what I hear is, oh, dear God, I don't know if they're ever going to stop calling me, leaving me alone. They show up at my house. They call me. They email me, Facebook me. You know, that's what we want you to feel is loved here. But we want you to participate. Can you say amen? Next thing, breaking of bread and prayer means. When it says the breaking of bread there with prayer, it simply means communion. Did we do that today? How about prayer? You know we pray in the church We pray in life groups. Some of the things you can do on the same day. And I don't want this to be the whole message because I know some of you have heard this before, but I just wanted to go through it, and I'll move a little quickly. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders miraculous signs were done by the apostles. I mean, your pastor has videos of casting out demons in India on YouTube. I mean, do we have to prove it anymore? Miracles are happening here. I wish more would happen, but they are happening because we're doing what God said. Let's keep going all the believers were together and had everything in common you know what we call this right here selling their possessions and goods they gave to people that need community service do you know that on saturdays we do an adopt a block every week and then from time to time we do special events for the community when was the last one wednesday back to school party did anybody come and have a good time hey ma'am, glad four of you did the rest of you you missed out on a chance to serve the community. You know what we did? We set up a tent out here, did a free face painting. We put a big jumbo bouncy thing out there. We had food for everybody. We gave school supplies, what we could afford to give away, pins and paper to all the community. We had the we in there, a movie in here. That was all free for the community. You know what we did the week before that? We went to Ohio Park and did that. You know, you know what we did before? We went to a Boricua Fest. There's always something in your life here where you can say, man, I feel like giving something out. I feel like, you know, that, man, I've been discouraged, but the way I'm going to be encouraged is I'm going to do something good for somebody else. You know what? There's a place to do that here. And if you kind of like, oh, I don't know, yeah, we're going to spur you on. Do you know that we, we, we saw a couple, and I don't like telling examples from our church because people think, you know, we're talking about and We don't do that. But, uh, th- th- you know, there was a couple, they were so excited, they loved Jesus, and they were coming, and, and I didn't see them for a while. And I said, brother, call them, call them, see, see what's up, you know, call them. And you know what they said? They said, you know, you know Bodikwa Fest was coming around. You kept talking about going out there, and, and we didn't want to go out there. And then you kept talking about it, and, and you, made, you made us feel so bad because we didn't want to go out there that we left the church. And, and, and really, you could kind of see it like this. Hey, guys, we're going to go out to Boniqua Fest. Yeah. Oh, that kind of hurts a little bit. We're, we're going to go out to Boniqua Fest. Everybody going to come. Yeah. Ah. Oh, stop that. And then you can see the irritation, and then we're going to go out to break with us. Ah, stop it! I'm going to leave. And the Bible says some are in the habit of doing that. How does that happen to a heart, my friends? That's not a good thing. Don't let that happen to your heart. We're not telling you you're going to hell if you don't go out and do community service. We're just trying to spur you on to it. If there's something inside of you that doesn't want to do it, that is the problem. We want to help you get past that. Maybe it's your fear of people. Maybe you're so caught up in your own life you don't know the joy of giving. You know when I feel the worst, I go out and give because then I feel the best. It's actually reciprocated, my friends. Even Oprah Winfrey will tell you that giving changes your life. I wish I had a better amen, but I'm going to keep going. We talk about community service every day. They continue to meet together in the temple courts. How many would like to have church seven days a week? Come on, let me see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. I see a hand. I got about four hands. Let's try it. You know what was kind of cool was uh, Alberto when he first got to, you know, in the church, he was so excited, man. He was like, Pastor, I just want to pray. I just want to love Jesus. Can I get a set of keys? I'm going to open up the church at 430 in the morning, and I'm going to invite people to come every day of the week. Lasted for about what three months Two people came We in our culture are not like other cultures. I've been to India. They can go to their church every day. And I know missionaries will come and sometimes, you know, they'll spank us and say, you Americans are lazy. Well, the reason why they they can do that in India is, number one, the church is right in their village. It's like right next to their house. Number two, they don't have electricity. So, you know, when the sun goes down, what do we do? Let's go to church. Okay, let's go to church. And that's about all they do. And a lot of them are unemployed. Seriously, a lot of them don't have jobs. Poverty is high. So it's easy. But do you know in South korea in seoul that the people there one of the most uh, economic pl- prosperous places of the east and a very educated a very uh, prominent nation do you know that those uh, south korean believers still go to the church daily and pray you may meet some of them here not trying to be stereotypical but the ones that i normally meet work in the dry cleaners and i've met two of them they were presbyterian and and i actually asked them i said did you go to the church and pray today it was like a tuesday yeah i go to church every day and pray Do you know that there are some people living in our country that have developed habits of discipline that even still keep this every day? But thank the Lord, it's just one service a week for you. Amen? Oh, don't act like you ain't happy about that now. Don't you act like, oh, but Pastor, I just want two more. I want three more. Come on, how many are happy? Sundays is your service. Amen? So what we say is every day of the week service, that's a little tough. Let's just give them one day of the week. Sundays. Go to church on Sunday. Let's keep going. Then it says, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. What do we call that, y'all? Does anybody have a life group they go to? Anybody excited about that? Amen. Now the rest of you, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Let's spur you on. Remember, we just said one Sunday service, couple things during the week. Here's your second thing right now. You show up to Sunday, you can pray, you can even do your 101 after service. I see people doing it in the cafe. And guess what? You can go to your life group because we have ones on Sunday. And what is a life group? Well, it says right there, it says they're going to eat together in a home. How many like to eat in a home? Does anybody ever do that? Does anybody ever eat in a home? Can we see hands? Any home eaters here? Come on. Okay. We eat in a home and we eat you out of house and home, right? There we go. With glad and sincere hearts, praising God. What's the name of this church? And we're praising his name, aren't we? From house to house. And you know what's really cool? Because we're going to get to the evangelism part here. Guess what life groups do an hour before they start every single week? They go out evangelizing in their neighborhoods. They go door to door. And in the wintertime, we're going to put on door leaflets. Don't let the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons, the crazy kooks, outdo us in the real evangelism. You might think, well, that sounds crazy. Listen to me. Read your Bible. 80% of Jesus' life in the New Testament outside of these four walls. Remember, this is not the end. It's just the beginning. And when you read through the lives of the apostles at carnivals, festivals, you know how Timothy, the book of the Bible, Timothy, written by Paul to Timothy, you know how he died? He was a Christian martyr because during the time of Rome, they celebrated Greek and pagan gods just like Mardi Gras, where we go to as SUM students. He was preaching. They persecuted him. They beat him. They stoned him and drug him naked through the city you might say well that's why i don't want to go preaching yeah you know, that's my way out well then we go door to door and can you put a can you put a little a door hanger on a door can you go with it's fall right now it's so beautiful outside show up to the life group an hour early pray together and just knock on doors hey my name is joe i'm with my wife nancy we have a life group meeting down the road today if you want to join us this is our church we just want to know if we can pray with you about anything You see, that's what life groups do. And then as we keep going, look what happens. Praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And if you look at how that looked in the book of Acts, I clump it all together. They were doing evangelism. That means they were going out sharing their faith. They were planting churches because wherever they went, they started new churches, and they were going on mission trips. You can do all of that in a week. Let me just share with you simply. uh, Can you put up the list now for me, Andrew? This is what we wanted to ask you to be devoted to. Think about it. You show up to church on a Sunday. You go to your life group on another day of the week. While you're there, you can do evangelism, discipleship, and fellowship. The prayer meeting can happen in the church. Or at the life group. We have one specifically for Wednesdays, but we haven't even said everybody has to come. That's just for those who know that they want to have another day. We gave that for them, and for our Royal Rangers, and impact for the parents to be involved in something. But very simple. Here's just two things that encompass all that. Services, life groups, you do the evangelism, discipleship, fellowship, community service. Whenever we offer it, that can be your third day. Are you all listening to me? So sometimes it's not even the third day. And then what do we have here? Full-time ministry training, if you're not called to that, that wouldn't apply to you. But if you are, join SUM. Church planning, you're a part of this church being planted. And you know how you can help us plant more churches? By supporting missions. $25 a month towards the mission fund enables us to plant churches all over the world. How many do we have so far, y'all? 200. And our books are in their languages, and we're changing the world. You can help just by giving $25. And let's keep going. You know what we're doing now, at Wicker Park. You know why you don't hear a lot about Wicker Park right now is because we're planting a church there Tuesday, and we don't want this congregation just to show up there on Tuesday. We don't want that. We want another congregation to show up. So we're doing a 5,000 piece mailer. We're doing 4,000 door hangers over there, and we've been going out every Tuesday, giving out about 200 bottles of water with our flyers. And there's going to be a whole other group that looks just like you. They're going to be your cousins, and you're going to be meeting them in the grocery store. What church you go to? I go to Metro Praise. I go to Metro Praise. We cousins. Come on. Which one? Wicker? Which one? Irving? Which one? Humble, Which one? Rogers Park? Which one? Des Plaines? Which one? Naperville? Oh, we family, cuz. Come on, somebody. And then we look at mission trips. $3,000 to go to India next year. That's the big one. Everybody's welcome to come. Smaller one, next summer, go to New Orleans. Come with your family. Bring a truck down. Come with the whole van. You know, bring the whole family if you want smallest, least expensive, easiest one, bodie Equal Fest, Father's Day weekend, the second week of June. It's already on the calendar. Isn't that simple? And there's your life for God. Now, what does this come back to, Andrew? Please put up that scripture in closing today. Thank you for your time in this service. I just wanted to share my heart this week, uh, this week and this month. Going back to that passage, Hebrews chapter 10, this is what God asks us to do. And I take this seriously. He said in verse 24, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let's see if we've done that today. Let us consider. Have we considered how we can do this today? Amen. Come on. Have we considered it? Have I made it practical for you? Then I'm doing my job as a pastor. It didn't say drag you. It didn't say force you. It just said let's consider it. And then the key word there, let us. Let us, will you let us, will you let us do this? Will you not be offended if we ask you to be a part of these things? If you want to leave as somewhere in the habit of doing, that's okay. If this is not a good church for you, I, ple- I I beg of you, please find the perfect one that's for you. You know, then somebody says, well, Pastor, you're myth one. I want ride your bicycle for Jesus ministry. I want number 11. Ride your bicycle for Jesus ministry. Listen to me. If there's a church that does ride your bike for Jesus ministry, go there and ride your bike for Jesus with them. Amen? But this is what we're going to do here. Just like I don't go to ride your bike for Jesus ministry and go, hey, are you planting churches in Wicker Park? Are you doing mission trips? Are you? No, it's like you, you're all called to do that. We're called to do this. Amen? So I'm just saying if anybody's thinking we're missing something up there. But look it, let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love. Loving God, loving people. How can we do that and do good deeds? I've given you 10 things to consider today. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But what should we do instead? Encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Now, here's the last part. It's going to be a little scary. Everybody go, scary. Here it is. Look at verse 26. You remember? 25 is right there. 26 comes after. It says, if we deliberately keep on sinning. After we've received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Why do you think, Let me. everybody look up at me, please. I appreciate you today. Let me just kind of go off what I felt the Lord saying without notes and things. But I want to ask you a question. Just think to yourself, please. Why do you think 26 is so severe after this part, about 24 and 5. You don't have to answer out loud. But why do you think it goes from like, let's go to church, let's spur each other, let's encourage each other, don't stop coming. And then the very next word, verse is, if you keep sinning, you're going to be in some trouble. Can I tell you why, why I feel this is so important, why I'm speaking about it today? Very similar to last week's message and the week before that is that God gave us a body of people, a group of people to help us. To live for him, a church A place that's supposed to be the beginning of what we do Where we get together here And we do it together out there And this is going to help us to live for God Until Jesus comes back But those who say, I don't need this, I don't need this church, I don't need this getting together, the spurring It actually turns me off, I I prefer it to be done on somebody else, I'm going to go elsewhere. That attitude, I believe, can lead to this. I'm not saying everybody who doesn't go to church is going to hell and going to be burned with raging fire. I'm just saying the people that I know that are going to hell and raging fire don't go to church. They, they, They don't like being spurred on. The people that I know who have backslid and say, leave me alone, I'm going to try this on my own, are in danger of doing that because the sin begins to come in their life. And there's nobody there to spur them on anymore. There's nobody there to encourage them. It's just them by themselves. And as the Bible says, what the what the wolf does is he gets that weak sheep by itself so it can attack it. Just watch Natural Geographic. They always say that animal spots out the weak one, the sickly one, the one that's trailing behind and jumps on it. And it's my heart as a pastor to see people grow in the things of God. And so today, I just want your permission if we can just spur you on to what God told us to do and that you can see it for yourself in the Word of God and go, yes, pastor, I want to be a part of that. I want to change the world. And the great thing is, is when you see this, the book of Hebrews, these disciples, they did those things. They changed the world. And today in America, we now have a decline in Christianity. While it's growing around the world, for every baby that's born in the world, eight more are born again speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. But in America, Christianity is declining from the peak of the 50s. We are now declining our children. 80% of our children raised in church, by the time they become college age, leave the faith, 80%. It's 8 out of 10 of the children in this room, if you're not careful, parents, by the time they get to college, can walk away from the Lord. In this culture right now, they've said all the stats that we say as Christians are wrong, the stats of divorce, the stats of abortion, the stats of our children having sex outside of marriage, juvenile delinquency, is exactly the same when they poll the church and they pull the people outside because the church has lost its power. It doesn't change lives anymore. It's just become the end. Now let's just all get you in here and say it's over and tell you a message. Nobody wants to spur anybody on anymore. The pastors, I've talked to pastors Listen to me, they're good people I'm not saying they're bad, but I've talked to some pastors And they say to me, Joe, if I said this To my people, what you say to yours I would lose the biggest givers And have to shut the door Good pastors have told me I can't spur them on anymore I I can't do it, you know, if I do it They're going to leave I read a book by George Barna, he's a Christian statistician It's on discipleship He wrote out this whole thing of what Christians could do He sat across from a pastor of a large church church. And the pastor said, I guarantee you, George, you won't be able to find 10 churches in America that do that. This pastor said that to him. And George Barna in his book said it was the most depressing day of his life. He wrote this book about how Christians should be disciples because he does all the stats. He's like the Gallup polls of Christians, georgebarna.com. And and he said, I I, I can't accept this. I'm so discouraged with what I see in the church. And now a pastor is telling me that I won't even find 10. He said, as he began to write the book out of obedience, to God, God began to show him churches in the nation that were doing that very same thing. I'm telling you, my friends, we need to be a church that's above the rest. We need to be a discipleship-based church. We need to be a church that believes when our worship leader says, let's go deeper for God, we don't get angry. We say, yes, we're going to go deeper for God because she's not saying that to hurt us. She's saying that so we can go deeper in our prayer. I I want a life group leader that's going to love me and help me grow in my faith. And if they challenge me, they're not doing that to gossip. They're doing that because they want a disciple. And if I hear these announcements about Wicker Park or, or going out to Boricua, or to these after back to school parts, I'm going to hear it as a chance to serve And not as a place of being Condemned but a place of serving I ask Metro Praise today To live up to what we've been told to do Amen would you stand with us please as we Close in prayer we're going to sing a Song don't leave because I'm going to give you announcements uh, Today I have to give you a financial report it's going to be Brief but I just ask You to give me just a few moments of your time Altar workers would you come as the band's coming up as well Let's pray, Father, we thank you today that you're spurring us on towards good works and love. And God, it's because you love us. I remember the first time that I went on a horse and God, the woman said, spur him," And I said, won't I hurt them? She said, no, that's what they need to go. And I had so much fun on the Green Hills of Vermont, riding and galloping with a horse. And God, you taught me a lesson that day that sometimes we just take the easy way out. But a good brother or sister who spurs us does it because they love us. And it's a good church that spurs us. Lord, I thank you for Metro Praise and for what you're doing here. With every head bowed and eyes closed I just want you to hear my heart as I'm praying for you Your leaders and the people here love you so much When we meet for elders and deacons meetings Life group leaders They will talk and talk about how God is blessing you They'll share your prayer needs with tears in their eyes I don't think some of you understand How much the leadership here loves you I know some of you You're much older than our leadership But you're you're understanding They are wise beyond their years Thank you for respecting them, but I want you to hear me today. They love you so much. I've seen life group leaders weep, weep for the troubles that people are going through. And yet people will still leave, as the Bible says. But I want you to hear me today. They're doing it because they love you. They're spurring you. The reason why they come up after service with their, with their flyer and they're saying come to a life group is because they know that there's no other service really in the week besides the Wednesday. They know this is what the church is offering and they want you so badly to start a process that will change your life because it's changed theirs. Every head bowed and eyes closed. Would you just examine your heart right now? Are there things that you need to be spurred to do? And are there things you need to be encouraged with? Maybe you've been spurred, but you need to be encouraged today. Whatever it is, would you examine your heart? Because we're going to pray for some spurring to go on, and we're going to pray for some encouragement. Father, I thank you for those here. As we search our hearts, make it real in our our lives today. These 10 things is what they did, God, and we want to do it too. And we don't want to take offense to it. We want to do it out of the graciousness of our heart and because we want to. In Jesus' name, can everybody say amen. We're going to sing this worship song. Don't go, because we're doing announcements at the end. If you need prayer, would you come forward? If not, just sing the song with us. We're going to worship together and go deeper. Let us spur you right now just to come forward and pray with you or to worship with us. Make a decision today. I'm going to go for God. Brother, would you put the words up today so we could sing it? Thank you. No turning back. I've made up my mind. Thank you, God.
2: giving it all this time. Use us today, God.
3: Would you come if you need prayer? Come on. Or if you need to be spurred We're going to pray today Because God's love makes it worth it all
2: Jesus, I love you God It worth it all
3: from the beginning the verse. Let's just sing it out today. No turning back. Those of you who are receiving prayer, just hear me as they're praying for you. Don't turn back from God. Give all of your life to Him. Be a part of a church that will spur you on to good deeds and love and encourage you, not give up on you. Today is your day. Let's just sing that together, saints. Your love makes it worth it all. Your
2: love makes it worth it. Your love makes it worth it all. Your love makes it worth it
3: all. Lord, I ask that you will seal what's going on in these hearts right here. That God, those that need to get spurred, God, that they'll see the love in that today. And those who feel a little burnt out and tired, God, you'll encourage them today. And, Lord, let us all run this race until we meet you in heaven. We thank you, Lord. We don't take for granted anything you've done in this building or in the church, God, that you've called us to be a part of. Help us to go out from these doors and make a difference in Jesus' name. Those who are praying, just keep praying. But the rest of you, would you just grab a seat for me quickly, quickly, please. I want to just go through the announcements and a financial report with you. Those of you who are receiving prayer, please don't feel rushed in any way. We just want to welcome you to our church. You know, we have services every Sunday at 9 and 11. Our visitor uh, center is back there if you want to receive more information on all the things we offer during the week. Wednesday, Bible studies and uh, prayer meetings as well as Royal Rangers and Impact. And Elevate Youth service every Friday. One of the things that we were talking about today that we're so excited about is our vision, loving God, loving people and connecting everybody to the cross by having them join a life group. And you just heard about that today, and I pray that you do. We're going to be starting two new adult ones in October and one new youth one. So get ready for us to have about 10 life groups coming your way. And as you're there, they're going to bring you through the discipleship book. And as you graduate, you can come into the 201. And as you do that, we're going to send you out because we believe 100,000 souls is what God's called us to do. With 50 churches and 500 around the world. Can I hear you all say amen? Amen. This is what I wanted to share with you today in our our giving report. Basically, we are in a place right now where we need to have extra finances to make it through. I have a card here. If you would like to fill it out, it's in the back. But we're asking people to help us out because this is what we brought in last month, 8,000. Uh, $726.60 for tithes and offerings, $1,084.66 for missions, and building $4,888.27, a total of $14,699.53. Can we say amen for that? Praise God, that's, that's awesome. Uh, but here's the part that's a little difficult. Watch those same numbers. We're spending much more than what we're bringing in. We almost spent 16000 last month, and there's not much more we can cut down. If it wasn't for the extra that came in in the building fund, we wouldn't be able to be here. And right now we are at a month-to-month basis. The problem that we're seeing is that everybody is not giving a tithe or doing what we're asking at this point. So I need everybody just to pay attention uh, to me. We need to have everybody's participation. We brought in more last month when we talked about finances than we did this month. And so here is what we're asking everybody to do. You can see these numbers. I'm just... Uh, Going through it kind of quickly because I want you to understand what we need We need to have people that will be committed tithers tithers. Otherwise, we don't have a building Amen. Are you all getting that? So this month we scrape through if we don't do that next month We'll lose the building. That's just where we're at It's a tough time for you. It's a tough time for the church. But the thing is, as we've seen, when everybody ties, our budget get close to being met. When we uh, talked about finances last month, we almost brought in $14,000 just in ties alone, not for the building fund. And then this month, we only brought in $8,000 in the normal ties. And so you can see that when we're not getting spurred on, that the giving goes down. So we're asking you, please be consistent. And you don't have to come to me like, Pastor, I'm going to give it this month. No, just do it and then we'll celebrate and be excited. Amen. And so what we're asking everybody to do is to be a part of our pledge of giving a tither. And then to give $75 extra a month, 50 to our building fund. So that we can start to have savings and start to pay off our debt. And that we can have what we need in 25 to go towards missions. Can you say amen? If we don't do this, things are not going to go well for us. So I can't say it any more plainer than that. And I won't, uh, like I said, I won't beat or anything. I'm just going to spur. And I think you like the church. Does everybody like the church that's here this morning? Amen. If you don't, then God bless you. Thank you for coming. But those who do like the church, please help us. These are the things we believe God has commanded us to do. And if we do it, we can succeed. Tithes and offerings, I think, is commanded. Now, the certain amount, the reason why we're asking for that is because if we had 50 people do that, We could meet our budget. Does everybody see that? If everybody tithed, and then if 50 said, Pastor, I'm going to give offering. I'm going to dedicate to this and knock this debt out and get us to get over the hump. We can do it. Can everybody stand with us, please? Let's pray. Father, I thank you today as we prepare to give. Help us, Lord, to be a church, God, that spurs one another on to good deeds everywhere we go. And, Lord, help us, God, to meet the budget financially. We thank you for everybody here. And, Lord, we ask you to bless your people, God. God, we'll serve you here or in a tent, but we kind of like this building. So, God, bless your people. Give them increases, Lord. And I pray for just obedience to the tithe and for those for offering, God, that they will just get in their heart and they'll see that, God, we're being as obedient as we can, that there is no waste. We've cut it down as much as we can. And, Lord, so bless our missionaries overseas and the nations that they serve you. Be with our soldiers who protect our freedoms over there, God. And, Lord, bless our children and our children's children. In Jesus' name, and everybody said Amen. Come on, say it like you mean Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. Let's say what Paul said. One, two, three. And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. I'm claiming it. Will you come forward as you give today rejoicing? God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We love you.